You are now listening to the Film Frequency Podcast, hosted by your professionally unprofessional film critics, The Film Bros. What's going on, film family? It's your boy, CEO Hey, Still holding it down for my brother, JB. This is an episode of the Film Frequency. If you guys didn't know it, you should know. You downloaded it. You click play on it. You should already know what it is. But if you're a first-time listener and you're wondering what the hell the Film Frequency is, it is a podcast with me and my brother, JB, usually, and we review uh, movies. And so um, JB is out. Um, he is personal life, uh, dealing with life. He'll be back when he's ready. Until then, I'm holding down the fort solo. Uh, last episode that I did, I think I reviewed like three movies to kind of fill the content up because JB uh, wasn't gonna uh, wasn't gonna be there. I'm not doing as many movies this week. If you looked at the uh, the title or the description of the episode, I'll be reviewing O, the new movie from M Night Shyamalan. Um, and so we'll get into that. Before we get into that, we usually get into news. So we do have a couple of things uh, that I want to talk about. First up, just a little housekeeping. I know on the last episode I said we'll probably be doing a, a full review of the film, the the film frequency, uh, the Fear Street trilogy, and um, that's still, uh, that's still planned. That's still on the docket. I may be doing that one by myself just because of JB uh being out. So be on the lookout for that. Uh, that may be the next episode that I do. But since I saw a newer movie, I wanted to go ahead and do a review for it. So that's why we're doing old. Um, but before that, just got a couple of pieces of news, just three this week. First one, uh, Snake Eyes, which also released this weekend. I'll probably be seeing that later on today, actually, of, as of this recording. Don't know if I'll be doing a full review on that one. I may do like a quick hit, drop just my thoughts on it. Um, but it had a really disappointing. So overall, the box office uh, for this this weekend was down overall, it was below expectations. Like um, Old was number one. I think Old was number one with about 15 million. Um, and, and Snake Eyes was number two with 13 million. Um, uh, and that was on a budget of 88 million. So that's probably going to be disappointing. But the key thing is, is that the next two movies um, after that, which are uh, Space, well, I'm sorry, Black Widow and then Space Jam were both over $10 million. So that's not really a huge gap between number one to number four. Now, um, you know, that's not the, the case usually, especially in situations like this. But, you know, um, it's just it was a disappointing weekend. Now, some th- some have attributed that to the rise of this new Delta strain of covid. Um, but also it could just be that people just didn't find it, find either of the new movies released this week as interesting um, to go in and maybe see in person. So it's going to be interesting to see how the box office bounce back when new movies come out um, over the next couple of weekends to see how that goes. But the thing that I wanted to talk about here. Uh, as the first news item is that Snake Eyes is hugely disappointing. Like I said, it had a $88 million budget. There, This was a known property. G.I. Joe is a known property. Snake Eyes is one of the most popular characters in the G.I. Joe franchise. So I'm sure that they were hoping, especially because they kept that budget under $100 million, that they'd be able to really uh, recoup and make a make probably huge profits on this. Then they can go in and do the G.I. Joe spinoff. Um, and, you know, it... When the reviews started coming out for Snake Eyes, I didn't have high hopes for it. Like, the reviews killed this movie. And, you know, you see a lot of, like, the initial reviews when the embargo lifts are usually pretty positive. Those weren't really super positive either. Um, but then you, as, as the movie's out more, you start getting um, more and more reviews. Like, 
it just really was shitting on this. A lot of the big reviewers just and I, shitting probably isn't because I use I take the term as shitting on something, meaning that it was it was unjustly negative. I haven't seen the movie yet, so I can't see. But there's been a lot of criticism to this movie, especially, like I said, it being something that was probably looked at as kicking off the G.I. Joe franchise back. Um, and from a lot of what I've seen, like as much as this is a snake eyes movie, um, G.I. Joe and Cobra factor heavily in into the movie. So, you know, they I'm sure that they hope that they can spin off into it. Um, but like I said, I'll be coming back with my my actual thoughts on the film after I get a chance to see it. So I'm not going to go too much into detail. There's just really interesting weekend as far as box office wise for anyone who likes to watch the numbers or charts or anything like that. Second bit of news. Now, this is a show. Uh, Invincible is a show on Netflix animated show that really I watched it and I couldn't wait for it every week. And it's gotten a lot of great reviews. It's more of a mature uh, show that took the comic book genre in a different way. Um, well, before that show was even launched, it was announced that basically the same team who's working on the show was going to do, were going to do a live action adaptation. And then the show was was like announced a couple of months after that. So a lot of people thought, OK, maybe the live action movie isn't happening. Uh, apparently, the live action movie is still happening and they're going to work to differentiate themselves from the animated show. Um, and, you know, I find that interesting to kind of have the, the same project going on um, at the same time. Invincible has gotten great uh, reviews overall. And then I think that, you know, to go in and do a live action movie won't necessarily hurt the show. The show won't hurt the movie. I don't I don't think it's to that level. This is going to be interesting to see um, a how they do it differently to make it unique, but also how this does in a live how they even pull that off, because, you know, they're able to do things in animated that would that would cost so much more money. Uh, to do it in live action and also some of the more uh, hardcore themes of the film which is going to be interesting uh, for me personally to see if if they if they dive into it as much now we've seen mature movies we know that it can happen i'm not saying that you know i doubt its ability to happen it's just going to be interesting um because you know the show's taking liberties they've added stuff they've taken stuff out they've streamlined some stuff and it really made it a, a more cohesive story overall not that the comics were bad um but to tell that in a in a 90 minute, a two hour movie, um, really, you would think that like a two hour movie of Invincible wouldn't even get to all the story that they told in the first season unless they're going to really fly through that. And so I really feel like Invincible is almost better as a long form st story. I would I, even if they were to do a live action show, I think uh, it, it would be more plausible. It's really going to be interesting to see because like the first season of invincible what they told in that in the in the animated show could really be a trilogy of movies it, with how much story that they were able to pack in so, so that that's the thing that has me most interested in just what they're going to do um with this film going forward but you know i i trust it's the same creative team so i still trust it uh, and they've clearly shown that they have a love for the original work and it's probably going to be i mean i'm expecting it to be solid until I'm, it's proven otherwise Last bit of news that we have for this week, Halloween Kills. And so we've gotten trailers from this movie. There's been more and more news coming out. Um, a lot of spoilers. Some people said that the first trailer was a little too spoilery. And that they wish so much, so much of the kills wouldn't have been uh, given away. And then like details have come out that, you know, if you think you saw everything just based off the trailer, you haven't seen anything yet. So that really makes me um, happy. And, uh, it makes me excited to see the movie. This is one of my most this and Candyman are two of the horror movies that I am in just, I can't wait. My anticipation for these films probably couldn't get any higher. And that's not hyperbole. I am really looking forward 
to these two movies. And I know probably one of them is going to disappoint me. Hope it's not Halloween. Anybody who knows me knows that Halloween is literally my, Michael Myers is my favorite horror villain slash or whatever you want to call him. Um, and you know, it's one of my favorite franchises. I've loved so many different iterations, even the first Rob zombie movie. I really liked, um, Halloween one and two are classics to me. H2O is just an amazing, amazing film. Um, and then Halloween that we got in 2019, I loved it as well. So, you know, there, I didn't, I don't love every film in the series, but it's one of those things that even, oh God, even some of the sequels that came after H2O, I, I, if they're on TV, I watch them. So like Halloween is a huge franchise to me. Um, and so I'm really excited for this film. What, what do you guys, let me know if you're excited for it. Let me know if, if, cause I know for a, a lot of people that I expected to like Halloween 2019, didn't care for the movie jb being one of them um and so it's just always interesting to see like people really for some reason be down on that film when i'm just like i really thought that that film was just amazing like i just i really did i thought that that film was the shit um in a good way uh, last bit of news here um and i don't really have much to say on this is again jordan pill just being amazing at what he does so we got a random poster um, for his his uh, next film, which is titled Nope, um, and it's going to be starring uh, Daniel Kaluuya, uh, Stephen Yoon, uh, and damn it, I can't remember the female lead. I apologize. I apologize that I'm not remembering. Hold on, give me a second. I, I got to look it up uh, because I refuse to not also shout out the female lead of Nope. And while I'm talking to kind of make uh, <laughs> small talk while I'm doing this, uh, give me one second. And Kiki Palmer. Okay. Woo. Kiki Palmer. Shout out to Kiki Palmer. Um, and so uh and you know, this poster really doesn't leave much. There's been so much speculation pulled from this poster. So it's a cloud with like it looks like lights on a chain moving. And then some people have said, Oh, this clearly is a reference to Back to the Future. Some people have said that, you know, it's somebody controlling the cloud. Like there's been a lot of speculation just off this poster of this cloud hanging over like what looks to be the city. And then there's also some speculation that maybe this is actually a sequel um, to us. I'm sorry, a sequel to Get Out, not us. A sequel to Get Out because Daniel Kaluuya is in it. And what I'll say is that if that is the case, if we're going back in to see where that character um, of Daniel Kaluuya's character is now, it, it, it would make sense. Maybe he got inspired, you know, and there's also there was always speculation that that uh, Get Out and us were kind of set in the same universe and things like that. Um, what I will say is that if this is true, if this if this is does end up being a sequel to Get Out, you know, I, I trust Jordan Peele at this point. I know some people like I think I, I didn't like Us as much as Get Out. I still think that Us was a very solid film. It was one that I enjoyed. Um, but Jordan Peele has me as a director. He's one of the people that I do look out for. And I think like what he's been able to do in the horror genre has just been amazing. So like, you know, I know it's just a poster. There's a whole bunch of speculation to be told from, and I can't wait for a trailer um, to come out to come out. I don't know if there if a release date has been, it uh, looks like the release date is going to be July 22nd, 2022. Uh, so we're um, about exactly out a year away from this film. So, you know, put that out a year. We'll probably get a teaser trailer within the next two or three months. Um, then probably a full trailer a couple of months after that. And then, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do leads ups and everything last six months after that. So that's usually how, how it goes. We'll see, um, really high expectations for this film, uh, for me personally, and we'll see what happens. So that is it for the news segment, the news section of this week's episode 
of the film freaks. We're going to go ahead and take a break. I'm going to play a trailer for Ode, and we'll come back right after that, and I'll review the film. No kids allowed on the beach? What? No. I'm not true. Oh, no. Oh, no. We never leave each other. Nothing separates us. Are we there yet? You said five minutes. Technically, it's been more than five minutes. Let's just all start slowing down. Wow. Do you believe I found this online? Well, I guess it's not that secret a beach. Who would leave this? From the hotel! They're so rusted! What's happening? Found stuff from the hotel in the sand. How quickly can that happen? Seven years. But she just died. Wait, where are the kids? Trent! Kara! Come here! Hey, have you seen my children? Mom? I'm, I'm right here. All right. And so if I did my job correctly, that would have been the trailer for Old um, from M. Night Shyamalan, his latest film. And so what can be said about this? So the thing that I will say is that M. Night Shyamalan, all the concepts to his movies are great concepts to me. Even The Happening. The Happening, which, you know, is one of his more shit on and, and disliked films, um, is a great concept to think about nature turning on humans, considering, like, everything that we've done to the, uh, the environment and everything. It's a, it's a great concept. Sometimes it fails. It, he falls in the execution. Sometimes I think to ha to the need to have twist, and I get it, that's just his writing style. That's what he's been known for. But sometimes I think, that, that just the need to have twist sometimes holds him back a little bit. That's my opinion. It may not be one that everyone agrees with or has uh, as well. And that's fine. Um, M. Night Shyamalan to me is a, is a really good director. This film is beautifully shot. Like it's just, and you know, I think it's all, and shout out, spoiler warning, because I'm, it, it's just me. JB's not here. So I'm kind of just going to free talk about this one. Um, but one of the things that happens towards the end of this movie is that the two characters um, are just sitting there after everything that's happened to them. And they just say, this beautiful, this beach is beautiful. And you get that from, from this film. Like this is an amazingly beautifully shot movie. There's sometimes he uses these close-ups specifically with the kid characters that, um, that to me are like, and I get it. They were trying to shield their face, but we knew they were like, we, we seen the trailers. We understood what was going to happen. That got a little bit weird to me. Um, but otherwise beautifully shot film. I really think the cinematography is great here, but let's, let's, let's just talk, talk about the, 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 the skeleton, uh, the bones of this script. So it's based around this family is on this resort. Um, and, uh, the, the guy who owns the resort or leads the resort suggests that they go see this private beach that is on the wildlife reserve side. They go there with this other family in the car. And then as they get there, that's when everything starts unwinding. Like there's a, a, a rapper on there uh, named Midsize Sedan, uh, another family, uh, a guy and his wife come out there eventually later on and shit just starts popping off there. That's when it, we start getting to where it's going. And I think the thing with movies that don't have 
a villain, like a villain that you can you can point to. The dialogue, um, the pacing, everything has to be great in that because there's really no straight. Like, yes, there's a villain, and we find out, and we'll t- I'll talk about who is ultimately the villain of this film. But like during the majority of this movie, you don't know what's going on. The the beach itself, what it's causing, and you know they figured out very early on that. You know, the rocks there, uh, the minerals there are causing their cells to age faster. They put that together pretty fast, pretty fast early in the movie. They put together why they're why they're probably aging so quick. So it's not like a mystery of them figuring out. Yeah, you don't know for sure until the end, but they pretty much figure that out. So it's not really anything left guessing there. It's really just getting from moment to moment um, with this film of things that creep you out, things that don't make sense. Uh, moment to moment of things that happen with these characters and conflict with them and that's ultimately where i think this film falls at is that i don't know if it's that we didn't get enough time with the characters i don't know if it's that we don't we it could have been written in a way where we better understood where the characters were going there's a specific character here older guy he's a doctor and they i don't think they ever flat out stated if he's like suffering from dementia or something but you kind of get you kind of figure it out early on right you kind of figure it out but because not of everything else going on with people aging and the kids getting older. And there's a scene in this in which the girl, you've seen it. The girl gets pregnant. Well, I'll talk about that here in a second. That kind of freaked me the fuck out. Um, but you don't really, he's not even necessarily villain. Like he does something where he cuts the face of midside sedan, the rapper, the black guy who's in this. And then, um, and then he's like, well, he was going to attack me. I don't know why, but I felt like he was going to attack me. And that, that kind of, you kind of figure out, okay, this guy maybe is suffering from like Alzheimer's or dementia or something like that uh, to where he's getting paranoid. But you also kind of think for a second that, okay, maybe he's just paranoid because what the fuck is they find a, a dead body early on. That's where everything kicks off. And it was this girl that the rapper midsize sedan had linked up with there. Um, and they both knew they were going through something and he waited for her. She he said that she was going to swim. He kind of waited for her to come back to the beach. He gets accused of killing her uh, by the, by the character who like suffer, who's suffering from dementia but when all that happens, you're you're kind of like, all right, did he do it just because of the paranoia of what's going on with the island? And you kind of slowly start figuring out, no, this has accelerated his his mental decline that he was probably already going on. That's why they're at this island. And that's one of the things that we end up finding out, right, is that everybody, a member of each one of these families are suffering from an illness. And it plays into the into the into why they're all there, why they were put on this beach. And so as that mystery unfolds, it's really not as interesting right is okay they're all here but without us knowing anything like we we i think like if lines of dialogue would have been paid to the fact of maybe the parent company that owns this resort also owns a pharmaceutical company if there would have been something or or a science division or something that it would have played into that mystery maybe people don't need the mystery aspect of it i just think that that's something for me that would have kept me more engaged and kept me more um in going on with like yes there are, there are crazy moments. There are moments where they have to pull a tumor out of one of the main ladies. Like she came with a tumor. She says it was like three centimeters long. And then because of like the aging and stuff that happens, it grew to over the size of a softball in a few hours. And they had to have to cut it out. And like you heal faster on this island. So they have to stick their fingers in the wound to keep it open. And while that is, it's a, it's a great situa- horror situation to be in, right? It's a, when you just think about just that scenario that I just gave with the tumor in a horror movie, it would be a great one. But again, because of just the pacing and the way that things played out in this film, it really didn't hit the way that it could have. And that's ultimately what I feel about this movie is that it's not a bad movie at all. 
It's a movie that I can honestly say I'll probably go back and watch again. I'd probably pick up this, like if it ever comes on Netflix or, or one, a streaming service, and I'm like, huh, I'll probably pop on old. Um, but it's it's something that it it never quite hits the heights that it does. And I know it's based off a graphic novel. I've never read it before or a novel itself. I'm not sure if it's a graphic novel or just a book, but it's not anything that I've read. Um, so I came into this completely unfamiliar. And I know a lot of these beats do happen in there. I don't know if they happen differently than in the film or not, but ultimately it just really feels like we got these moments that are meant to creep us out, but it never quite hit the way that it could have. For me, um, one of those moments, and this is something I alluded to before. So um, there are six-year-old, a six-year-old boy, six-year-old girl that aren't siblings. Or that the six-year-old boy has an older sister, um, but and they age up to eventually be teenagers. And there's the scene where they're laying in this tent together, just talking, and then they come out, and the girl is pregnant, and you're just left to kind of put it together. Now there is a line of dialogue, um, and I'll talk about that in a second. But then the girl's walking out, and like everybody sees her belly growing and her mom asks, what were you guys in there doing? And she's like, oh, we were just playing. And it's like, wait, what? Are they really going to do this? And then you hear the father kind of in the background says to the son, what you did are how babies are made. And the kid is like, what? And so you got to keep in mind that while they have aged up to like being between teenage years, that they still have the mind of these six-year-olds. So he's not really understanding what's happening. And then the baby dies within one minute of being born. And, you know, that it's that was just like, I get it. And I know and I read that it happened in the book and that was a plot point in the book. But it just as a father that just like you got to think about it. like, yes, I know sex is a physical. You start having those physical desires once you reach a certain age. And that's what they went through. Um, but to have the mind still be in the mind of a six year old and to go through this, that definitely creeped me out. That definitely creeped me out. Um, and there's some great images. So one of the characters, for example, suffers from a calcium deficiency. And so as she's going through this island, she, she, you know, she's aging. She was one of those people who like really are into her looks and, and the beauty. And so the kids, they go into this cave to kind of get away because their dad's being attacked by the guy with the, with dementia. And she, as they shine a light to her, she's throwing rocks at them. Just like, don't shine a light at me. They, and you know, they, she talks for a while, they shine the light back and she goes to lift up this rock and her arm bends and cracks and the bones break and then because they heal so fast they set incorrectly and then she has like this jacked up arm and she keeps trying to crawl to the towards these kids and her body just gets more progressively progressively fucked up um during this and that was just a, that was a really solid horror sequence now how it fit into the larger movie is the issue but there are some really great moments in this film i think um and ultimately i just wish that it was executed better and i don't know I don't want this. This isn't a horrible movie by any by any stretch of the of the imagination. But I think and then where to, when you get to the climax. Right. So there are two things that happen in the climax of this film. One, we they, they end up figuring out how. The, so everyone else dies. And like I said, it's a great moment between the main mother and father characters in this where he's kind of losing his sight. Um, she's lost hearing in, in one of her ears and they're just talking. And that's that moment where I said he's like, this beach is really beautiful. And she's like, there's nobody, nowhere else that I'd uh, rather be here uh, but with you. And he kind of dies of OA. She dies moments after him. And it just leaves these two kids that started this this movie off being six and probably 10, if I had to guess. Um, and so they are, at this point, they're teenagers or young adults. And then they die. Then by the time the next morning comes, because they think they figure out like, like 50 years happens in 20 hours or something like this, the kids have aged up. They're 
are 50 years old and him and this and the kid uh it, it was the nephew of the guy who runs the the resort or whatever they had this code they became friends and they had this code they were writing and he left them a note that he didn't think to decode till afterwards to after all this shit has happened and it basically pointed them towards the coral go to the coral i think he said his uncle doesn't like the coral the coral got them basically to safety they make you think that they died for a minute and that felt anticlimactic to me because it's like had you read that you could have avoided all of this shit but the kicker that comes in in this and this is one of the things that i had a problem with in one of the only the you know the only written movie review i've ever done was for glass um and uh yeah for glass uh which was an m night Shyamalan movie and i highlighted there why it was important to nail the ending that's where this really lost me up so the ending we end up finding out that it's it well it's natural that it makes them age because of the rocks they were correct on that but the reason why they're sent there is that they test drugs they test like they're able to do years of testing in just a day because of how much this uh that beach makes age makes them accelerate in age so this was plotted out by the company that owns it and one of the things that they pointed out is that there was uh there's a couple there was an asian man and a black woman the black woman suffered from seizures we get actually earlier on in the film we see her have a seizure they apparently gave her some medicine and they end up finding out that that trial worked because it would have lasted for 16 she basically went 16 years worth of time because of the accelerated time on the island without a seizure now when it did kick in it came back with the force and she passed away from it but they were, they were able to test that and find new drugs and just accelerate it. And it's one of those things where I guess they're trying to present to you, do the ends justify the means? They're trying to get you into that moral dilemma. And I just didn't feel it. Again, because of the writing, because of the pacing, I didn't feel it at all. It was just like one of those things of, really? All this for that? Um, and, you know, that that's just my opinion. on it. That's the feeling that I was left from. It. You may have a different one. And then, you know, the kids, like I said, they thought that they died. They end up popping up on the island. Uh, they get the They get a the police involved everything shut down there it ends with them supposed to be going to stay with their aunt and he mentions well how would you feel if you got a call from your from a 50 year old man claiming to be your nephew who was just six years old yesterday um and so ultimately um it's one of those things where it's the it's and i know people have this either you love it or hate it with m night Shyamalan. and you know i don't think i'm i'm a either hated or love it person in general i always try to find things in something there's usually some good and stuff there's a lot of good in this movie just like scenes by themselves or like really good horror scenes or horror scenarios but ultimately how it all comes together it's just extremely disappointing for me extremely disappointing for me like i said i'll probably go back and watch it now that my ex i have no expectations we'll see how i feel about it if i watch it in a year or a few months later or whatever um but i just really think like looking at m night Shyamalan's career does he suffer from he writes and directs his own screenplay um and it, it's worked for him i think it's worked for him more than not right so um but it's just like in one of these things where he adapted this this novel um and it was an original concept to then to then go on and direct it and it I, I don't know man i don't know i'm just really left i'm just left so unfulfilled um by this movie and it could have been so much better so much better so what i'm gonna do uh based off this uh of this new film what i well what i want to do um what i want to do is i want to rake m night Shyamalan's movies for me this is not uh this is not even an objective rating this is just my ratings on m night Shyamalan's film so before i get into that though let me rank old so what do i rate old from on a scale from one to ten <sighs> honestly this is a five it's right down the middle for me 
Like if you're a, a horror fan and you can enjoy, like I said, sequences or like weird scenarios to be placed in, I think you'll enjoy this. If you're like someone who needs for the plot to make sense to like for the pacing, you may not enjoy this. For me, it's probably a five. So that's what I'll rank it. But let's get into ranking uh, these films. I'm going to go from 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 worse to best, in my opinion. Number 10, The Happening. Um, like I said, I think it was it's a great concept if you just look at like the log line for a film, especially nowadays. You know, the film's what got to be like like 14, 15 years old at this point. Um, it's a it's a, like a great scenario, a great concept. Execution, terrible. Acting, terrible. I'm a Mark Wahlberg fan, and there's not really much I can defend in his portrayal there. Uh, number nine for me, probably going to be Lady in the Water. Lady in the Water. And that is, again, that film to me just feels like it's so much going on. I really feel like Lady in the Water, again, is another great concept. But I feel like, had that been a show? right? Where you can really flesh out the time um, in that. I think it would have been better. I think there's a lot of great lore in there, possibly. Uh, the character, the monster design in that was beautiful to me. Um, but ultimately, I really can't stand the fucking movie Lady in the Water. Um, number eight, The Village. I have to put, the, uh, I probably should have wrote this down beforehand. Um, number eight, yeah, I probably put The Village at number eight. And that's, again, it's, I honestly, it's one of my, it's one of my favorite uh m9 Shyamalan movies but i think i like again it was like one of those things where did he did he like plagiarize a book i know there was a question there but um it's just i just have never really gone back i've honestly i don't think i've maybe outside of two times in my life ever watched that movie one of those times it was just on tv and i think i was just like cleaning or whatever and it was on in the background um so number seven that's where i will place old is number seven i think this is a really beautiful movie but you heard my review there so i'm not going to get into it too much Number six, I'll put Glass at number six. Um, I think Glass was, a, a, I mean, I say phenomenal, a really good movie. And I just think that for me, the ending was so terrible to see what they did to Dev, De, uh, David Dunn's character that it really just made everything that I just watched almost be like, damn, it sucks. But I think they did a lot of interesting things psychologically in that movie and getting into the, the psyche of David Dunn and like characters in general. I really think it was a good movie there. Again, I think it was one of those movies had it not needed a twist had, had M night Shyamalan just committed to doing a comic book style movie where it was going to be the good guy versus the bad guy battling out with like Mr. Glass playing, uh, you know, playing them like, like, uh, puppets, um, throughout it. I think it could have been so much of a better movie, but I really do like a lot of the things they did in did in glass. So that would make number five, the visit to me. Um, yeah, I really like The Visit. The Visit is probably, at, especially at that time, one of the better horror movies that I've seen. Um, which is then number four, Split. I fucking love Split. Split is Split is one of those movies that you can never take me back to living in that moment um, again. But it was honestly one of those movies that I was so engaged in from start to finish. And then to find out that it was set in the world of Unbreakable just blew my fucking mind um yeah yeah next signs for me signs amazing uh uh just i, I just love the hope that again to uh, the, the opposite of old the pacing uh how everything really like if you listen to so much in that movie and then go back and watch it the second time it was all laid out for you there we just didn't know it was laid out every single thing that ended up playing in the climax of that film was all laid out and it was just i love movies that make you think i love movies that make you guess i love movies that kind of leave you with threads of like, huh, look at that. Um, and that was, that's what that was. Next up for me, Unbreakable. Um, Unbreakable is just for, to find out that it was a superhero movie basically. And 
everything that came out at the end there, amazing. I think Unbreakable, like the story of father and son and the guy who regretted losing his, almost close, on the precipice of losing his marriage. And like he had denied, like didn't realize, like he didn't want to think he was extraordinary, but he was. And I just think that it was, a, it's Unbreakable is just such a great film, which only leaves one. And M. Night Shyamalan's best movie, The Sixth Sense. And I hate to be cliche there, but The Sixth Sense is, just, come on now, come on. We all know just that if, if, if social media would have been a thing, if memes would have been a thing back then, the I see dead people thing that would have been everywhere. And I mean, it already was then, even then without social media being what it is today. The Sixth Sense is M. Night Shyamalan's best film for me. Um, it's it's a, a movie if you want people to, to know how great M. Night can be. I think it would either be you either show them The Sixth Sense or you show them Glass. Even I'm sorry, not Glass. You show them Split, even though Split kind of the the, very, the the tag with David Dunn wouldn't make sense unless they seen Unbreakable. But I just think even split is paced so great um but i think though like the sixth sense would be a movie that if you want to show what m night is possible uh capable of as a writer and director those are the things that you those are the movies that you want to show them so that's my list on m night Shyamalan movies that's it for this podcast you can follow me at ceo hayes at ceo h-a-i-z-e make sure you follow my brother uh jb at the p1jb you can also join our facebook group the film frequency um, on Facebook, just type that in. It'll be the first thing, the discussion group where we talk about movies and TV all over the place. Um, I'll be dropping more content here, uh, more consistently. You know, now that I know JB's gonna, he's gonna be back when he when he's back. Um, I was kind of holding off. I didn't want to release too many episodes without him, but I'll be bringing guests in. Uh, we'll be fleshing stuff out. We do what we can do. Um, until then, I may bring a Andrew, uh, the Andrew Bellow in um, to do a review on Black Widow. Um, and we'll just see. We'll see with Loki too. We'll see what we can do um, with all that. But that's it. This has been an uh, episode. And, you know, I will see you lovely and beautiful people uh, next week when I release, probably in less than a week. Because, like I said, right after I see, um, right after I see Snake Eyes, I'll probably release at least a, a short something. Um, so be on the lookout for that. But I love each and every one of you guys. Peace.